Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host Aaron aka the Cricket Connoisseur and joining me on my left for tonight's special episode of TCCP is none other than Gloucestershire and former Yorkshire seamer Jared Warner. So Jared, first things first mate, thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast tonight. It's an absolute pleasure no to problem. welcome to chat about all things county crickets. I have to ask mate, how's your day been so far? Yeah, it's been been pretty good, thanks. Back in training this morning after a week off was nice, so yeah, just gearing up for the season. Yeah, it's coming by very, very quickly now, isn't it? As of this recording, 45 days to go until the return of the LV County Championship. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And Jared, I think this goes without saying, but obviously I'm, I'm guessing there's some excitement, some buzz in the camp ahead of this upcoming season. Yeah, 100%, I think especially with the way we finished last season. Um, obviously, didn't go to plan overall, but thought we finished pretty strong and and just trying to build momentum on top of that, really. And and who knows what could happen this year. Um, obviously, Division 2 is looking quite strong. Um, but I think we've got a really good group now and obviously a little transition last year with lads getting to know each other. But I think we're really settled now and, and hopefully it can be a good one for us. Well, fingers crossed it can be, and obviously we shall discuss Gloucestershire at a lot more length yep. as today's podcast progresses, and we look forward to the start of the 2023 county cricket season. But Jared, before we jump the proverbial gun then and get ahead of ourselves per se, let's just take it back to the origins of the Jared Warner cricketing story, if I may. Yep. So what were your first ever memories of, of cricket, either playing or watching this Simply sensational game. Yeah, so for me, a bit, bit random, but my mum and dad or anything like that, never in, no interest in cricket and stuff. So it just threw my brother on the back garden, um, playing with him just because he used to play. So getting into it with him and then just, he's five years older than me. So losing many a battle <coughs> on that front, but then got into it, got hooked and joined the local club. Uh, at the age of six and and that was the rest was history really um got into it through there yeah so very much family orientated that link with yeah. your brother and you mentioned those those back garden battles yeah. and obviously i'm guessing he would have come out on top in a large number of them being five years older but 99 yeah. percent of them he'll probably say but yeah no it was a good <laughs> a good ground and he likes to take a little bit of credit for me being a, a seam bowler and doing well because I could. I, I had a lot of chances bowling at him. I could never get him out. Well, well, it's funny you mention that because this is a question that I ask pretty much every single same bowler because I'm fascinated by the art form. I'm a spin bowler myself. Yeah. Used to be a same bowler. Didn't go very well. That's why I turned to spin. I say spin, slow bowling <laughs> at a push. But I'm very, very interested in why people actually become same bowlers in the first place. So for yourself, Jared, what was it? about seam bowling as an art form, which was just so appealing. Why did you become a seam bowler as opposed to becoming a spinner or a wicketkeeper or a specialist yeah. batsman, per se? I can't remember initially. I think, obviously, on the back garden, you try a bit of everything, don't you? You bowl a few tweakers and stuff like that, a few leggies and, and seam. And I think it was when I went down to my first training session, I, I just bowled seam, enjoyed it, did okay. And I think probably... The 205 Ashes watching sort of flint off, the, probably the regulation answer around my age, watching that sort of 
series was the first proper test series, I reckon. Well, I can remember anyway, um, watching it on telly. And I think just from there, it grew. Um, I've always been a seamer ever since I started. Um, Never really deflected from that. Um, So, yeah, I think it probably took off my interest from there, really. So the 2005 Ashes, something which, as you said, is so common. amongst people in that generation, and rightfully so, because it is an iconic series. In my opinion, it is the greatest Ashes series of all time. And the the effects that it has on England and Wales' cricketing populations are still felt to this day. So many cricketers were inspired to pick up a bat or ball as a result of that series. And Jared, I have to ask this question, because it is the classic here on TCCP. I love talking about the 2005 Ashes, but... If you could go back in time to 2005 and you yeah. could just relive one day from that most incredible of series between England and Australia, which day of cricket would you choose and why? I think for me, it's got to be the, the last day at Edgebaston. Um, yeah, winning by, what was it, three runs, just ebbed and flowed, looked like it was comfortable and then looked like they'd thrown it away. And then to win it at the death, I think that had everything really. It most certainly did, and I have got a couple of follow-up questions with regards to that day. First and foremost, can you remember where you were when Geraint Jones took that catch? Yeah, I think I was. We was at a cricket, um, like a little cricket tournament under nine, something like that, and we're watching it in the clubhouse. Um, yeah, just watching that in the clubhouse. Loads of people in there um, when that happened. Well, that's a lovely place to watch it and quite yeah. clearly incredibly memorable, isn't it? That catch from, from Geraint Jones. And I suppose the, the other question I do have to ask on behalf of our Aussie listeners, <laughs> he's got a contentious point down under, but did Michael Kasperwich actually get a glove on that delivery? What's your opinion on that? I think there, there was glove involved. I'm not sure whether it was from the hand that was off the bat. I'm not sure, but I think, I think it definitely flicked glove. Um, yeah, I'm having that one, I think. It did. I'm adamant that it did. And I think a lot of English cricket fans would say the exact same. I'm pretty sure Casperich gloved it. And as you said, what an incredible game of cricket, an incredible series and one which we could talk about all podcast long, to be honest. It's something which, you know, in in 50 years time, we'll probably still be discussing and cricket historians 200 years in the future will probably be looking back and thinking, wow, that was a remarkable encounter between England and Australia but yeah what a series what a game Edgebaston and as you said what an incredible generation of cricketers we had the pleasure and privilege of watching in that series and that brings me beautifully onto my next question Jared you mentioned about Freddie Flintoff earlier but in those real formative years who were your cricketing idols did you have any role models any icons any influences per se who you tried to almost model your game off of in those early years I did. I think probably Flintoff was the main one, really, um, because I only, until I was probably a teenager, I only really watched international cricket, so I didn't really want to go watch Yorkshire until I was a teenager. So it was mainly the England guys and and Flintoff. Just liked how he went about it, aggressive, um, good pace, whacked it with a bat as well, and just everything happening all of the time. Um, always seemed to make something happen with bat or ball. Um, or in the field so I think it was mainly it was definitely mainly him um, who sort of tried copying or tried 
basing my game on it, I guess. Well, it's a fantastic choice. Freddie Flintoff, a legend of yeah. the English game and a cricketing superstar. You know, he's gone on to have an incredible career outside of cricket as well, hasn't he? Host Top yeah. Gear. Yeah. He's just he's just a wonderful man, isn't he? <laughs> Let's yeah, be honest. And... Yeah, he's got everything. <laughs> exactly. And a, a wonderful cricketer, generational talent, to be completely honest, Freddie Flintoff. And Jared, again, this might be quite a, a difficult question to answer, but what do you say is your all-time favourite Andrew Flintoff moment? If you could choose one. What would it be? I think the the funniest moment is that one at Slip, isn't it? Where what mind the windows, Tino. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think in terms of pure cricket and genius, I think that spell or that over to Callis. Um, love watching that sort of setup, um, swinging it both ways in the pitch black. I think uh, great, always great to watch when that sort of see that pop up on Facebook. So, yeah, it's always that one. Or the other one, again, bringing the conversation back to the 2005 yeah. Ashes, the spell to Ponting. Ponting, yeah, 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 100%. Goodness me, what a bowler Freddie yeah. Flintoff. Is Exactly, I think that is a great way of describing it, a madness. And Jared, again, talking of spells like that, let's just bring the, the discussion back to the art of seam bowling just before we get into your county cricket journey because, as I said, I, I love talking about seam bowling and fast bowling in particular. Yeah. But in terms of the art form itself, what is your favourite aspect of being a seam bowler? I think it's probably my favourite is just that when you when you work hard for four days or whatever it is, and you get your awards at the end, you knock a few like that sound of it in the stumps or that edge, just the the mental and physical battle of it, and then getting your awards at the end. I think. That for me, that's the most satisfying. I think because it's such a tough art to to do and master, um, and you, it's always a struggle. But I think, yeah, just working so hard for long periods and getting rewards um, for that, I think for me is the most satisfying. Well, that's a lovely answer, and as you rightfully said, seam bowling is tremendously difficult, isn't it? Both yeah. in terms of the the physical tolls on the body. And of course, the psychological aspects as well, because you have a bad spell, it can affect you for a yeah. period of that game. So you've got to be incredibly tough, both physically and mentally, as a seam yeah. bowler. And I suppose, talking along those lines, Jared, we've spoken there about the, the best aspects of seam bowling. What, in your opinion, is the most difficult aspect of the art form itself? Is it that physical toll that it takes on the body? Is it the, the psychological toll? They can have during a game. What would you say is the most difficult and toughest aspects of being a same bowler? I think it's it's tough to pinpoint one. I mean, turning up at our regular second team ground and knowing exactly what pitch is going to be and losing the toss and being in, and bowling first. I mean, that's tough. Um, and we seem to do it about five or six times last year. So that is that's a tough aspect. So sort of knowing that it's going to be tough tough tile before you've even walked on the pitch um i think yeah that and along with the physical side because apart from the first of april probably you're never fresh so um just trying to manage your, your way through the season the amount of overs you have to bowl and stuff i think sort of those two things coupled together um i think any scene bowler would probably say that Oh, they most definitely would. I mean, it is the most difficult aspect of, of cricket in terms of the, the physical side, isn't it? Because of the, yeah. the force is going through your body. 
Yeah. And I watched a fantastic documentary about this in, in terms of the real fast bowlers. So your Brett Lees, for example, your Mark Woods, your Joffre Archers. It's something like eight to ten times their body yeah. weight goes through their front leg every single time they bowl. It's it's tremendous, isn't it? The Man. fact that we can pull this off as, as human beings. Yeah, it's just not an, it's not a natural thing. I think, and I always dread that first preseason game out on the grass because you just know the next day you're going to be in trouble. Um, <laughs> I always dread it every year. Yeah, I can imagine you do. It is it's so tough on the body, same bowling, but then again. You think back to those rewarding aspects, and in terms of the the overall appeal of seam bowling, it is fantastic to watch, yeah. isn't it? It's one of the best things, not just in cricket, but in sports. You know, we yeah. talk about those spells from the likes of Flintoff, Joffre Archer to Steve Smith yeah. in the 2019 Ashes. It sticks with you, doesn't it? In, in comparison to to other to other art forms like my beloved spin bowling. <laughs> no, definitely, and I think just I think being a seamer, the appreciation of when another seamer does something so amazing, just knowing how difficult it is to execute, like Anderson swinging it both ways, etc. I think, yeah, it's just that appreciation for other seamers, knowing how hard the craft is. Definitely. And I'm so glad you mentioned Jimmy Anderson's name because 682 test wickets, great of the game. He yeah. is really, really... There's... There's not enough words in the English language, I don't think, to describe the the impact of Jimmy Anderson on us as England fans. He's just the best to ever do it. He's just absolutely timeless. He's a magnificent specimen, is Jimmy Anderson, and continues yeah. to take wickets at almost the age of 41. Yeah, but he has been the master proponent of swing bowling, hasn't he, Jared? And that yeah, brings yeah. me again onto a nice question. What is your favourite delivery as a seam bowler? Is it a cross-seamer? Is it a Yorker? Is it a bouncer? Is it the outswinger, inswinger? What is the delivery which gives you the most satisfaction as a seam bowler? I think it's probably sort of beating the batter on the outside edge and taking the off stump. I think that's got to be because you've, you've done him sort of at the skill. The skill level's high to do that. I think that's the toughest delivery to master. The one just moving away, whether that's swing or off the pitch and taking the off stump. I just think that is so satisfying. It most certainly is. And again, talking to Jimmy, there's one ball which immediately comes to mind when you describe it like that. The ball to Brendan McCullum at Lords. That yeah. was an absolute doom seed yeah, from Jimmy crazy. Anderson. And yeah, it, it looks fantastic, doesn't it? Seeing the, the stumps splattering all over the place. It's again, just a fantastic piece of sporting achievement to do that. So yeah, yeah seam bowling, fantastic if you're good at it. If you're not so good at it, like I was, not not so rewarding, not so enjoyable. But <laughs> again, We've if it comes off, there. We've all been there, don't we? Well, funny you mentioned that then, Jared. Aside from, from county cricket, because that will be our our next discussion point. What do you say has been your toughest day as a seam bowler in, in village cricket, actually? Maybe a day which you think could have almost derailed the dreams of, of becoming a professional. There's been a few, I won't lie. There's been a few. I think probably... My, playing for my club my first second team game I was only 14 and I think I, I went I got a wicket or two but I went around the park we were playing another a, a first team and yeah that was a it was a decent standard division one and I just remember thinking this is this is tough and yeah it was an eye-opener put it that way just 
I think I went for 60 odd off about eight or nine overs and it was just like, yeah, you, you, you've got to be better than this if you're going to even succeed at this level. So I think that was a, a tough day and a very long day um, being 14. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. That's a bit of a, a trial by fire, isn't it? Yeah, to it be honest. they've got about 370 as well. So it was, yeah, it was a lesson learned. Yeah, that sounds like a, a pretty rough day in the field, yeah. to be honest. Goodness me, it can be brutal at times, can't it, club cricket? Obviously, it's it's great when you win. And obviously, the people that you share those memories, those fantastic performances with, makes it all worthwhile. But in days like those, you do just feel like giving up, don't you, sometimes? Yeah. And just saying, right, why don't I become a footballer or rugby yeah, player or tennis so instead? I've many a time, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I think, I think for batters as well, like all day, and if they get a duck or something, I think that must be so, so painful. Absolutely. I mean, in what other sports can you go out there onto the field and last less than a minute? I know. And that's your day done. <laughs> that's your day done. Yeah. Exactly. You might not even contribute for the rest yeah. of the day. It is, it's a brutal game, cricket. But it then is, again, yeah. because of all of the intricacies, because of all the fallacies, because of all of the, the almost superhuman feats that cricket involves, it's the best sport on the planet. I know I say that all the time and Obviously, I'm incredibly biased as the mm. host of the County Cricket Podcast by saying that, but I just don't think there is another sport on the planet which quite compares to this one. And that's yeah. why it's been my favourite for years. I love the game of cricket and, yeah, I keep on coming back. So it must be doing something right. And I'm guessing yeah. that's the exact same for you as well, Jared. That's it. And I think the amount of dark days you could have definitely overrides the good days, but it makes the good days feel a lot sweeter. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can't resist coming back for more, I guess. Well, you can't. And that brings me beautifully onto the next topic of conversation for today's podcast, Jarrah, which is, of course, county cricket. Because yeah. we have alluded to it. It is, of course, the titular name of our podcast, the County Cricket Podcast. So we have to talk about it at some point. And you've yeah. had quite a long cricketing journey, actually, in the county circuit. You've been a part of the age system in Yorkshire, for example. You joined that at the age of 12 if I'm correct yeah, yeah, yeah. there, with my research. So in terms of your first kind of dealings and opportunities in county cricket, what are your first kind of memories with, with Yorkshire, for example? Yeah, you're right. I think my first initial memories of county cricket was under 11s, trialling at the age of 11 and not getting in. And I think that was the first time where I thought, oh, like that was my first taste of it. Obviously, been really disappointed. Um, and then the next year, getting in the B team at Yorkshire, um, and then progressing from there, really. And I think, strangely, because I, I, I love football, and I think that was always my first real sport. And I didn't really think about cricket as I could do this for a living, if that makes sense. So I think, even when I was playing age groups for Yorkshire, up till about 15, I didn't think, oh, I was just playing for fun. And I think that probably helped me in a way. Um, there wasn't too much pressure on it. So I think those age group times are great, a great sort of footing at what you've got to do. Looking back now, bowled against some real good players who have played test cricket and stuff. So that's quite nice to look back on. Um, and obviously playing for Yorkshire is always, especially at that age, it's always a good privilege as well. So um, yeah, enjoyed those first moments for sure. Well, I'm really glad to hear that, to be honest, Jared. And obviously, Yorkshire County Cricket Club, we shall discuss them 
in more detail in due course because the most yeah. successful county in all yeah. of England and Wales, 33 county championship titles. But you mentioned, interestingly enough there, actually, the fact that you didn't think you were going to play cricket for a living. And I just wanted to pick up on that, if I may. Yeah. What would you say was the catalyst then for you deciding that cricket was the route for you as opposed to the world of professional football? I think it probably wasn't until I was 16 um, or 15, 16. So played at the Bunbury Festival. And even then I was like, obviously it was a good achiever, but just still played. So it, cricket was something I did in the summer um, when I was playing football. Um, and then I managed, on the back of Bunbury, they used to pick a sort of under 17s squad for England. And you used to get a letter in those days, quite old school. Um and I didn't think, and I saw a letter, and I, I couldn't believe that I'd got in because I had a shocking Mumbai. I got about two wickets, and they were both on the boundary. The last came, but I think it was when I got into that environment. I was only sixteen, um, and obviously you go to Loughborough. I've not experienced anything like it. The access to the coaches, the facilities, and um, you were almost treated like a professional, even though you're only sixteen. And I think that's probably when it hit me look, this is this is quite serious now and you've got half a chance. So I think at Yorkshire, it's always that, like, every winter there's about a million kids there training and you hammered into you that there's only going to be two of you making it, that sort of stuff. Um, See, so I never really took it that seriously in terms of that, in terms of thinking I could be a cricketer. But I think it was when I was in that sort of England environment, see, with the best other guys in the country, um that you start thinking, if I do this properly, then you never know, um, sort of thing. You certainly don't. And talking of the Bunbury Festival, which has been massive, hasn't it, in terms of identifying talent for England yes. over the years, you mentioned your experiences playing at the Bunbury Festival. Who are some of the players involved in that particular year's festival that we might know of, per se? Yeah, quite a few. I think, well, for my team, the North, we had Haseba Mead, um, Sack Mahmood, Matt Parkinson, um, Harry Dead and Jack Burnham. Um, trying to think who else. Tom Mars was in the Midlands side. Um, yeah, I think Joe Weverley maybe at the South. So yeah, at Hampshire, quite a few. Our team, I felt like looking back now, was the World Eleven, but we didn't even win it. Um, but yeah, it was just great. Great looking back at some of the names. Oh, definitely. And some of those names really have gone on to have fantastic careers in both yeah. county cricket and, of course, international cricket beyond that. Some superb talent in there, to say yeah. the least. And in fact, Jared, you'll probably know this better than I do, but you mentioned those Lancashire players in particular. Did Lanks almost have this kind of aura about them in terms of that academy system? Because I've heard this so many times on the podcast. Their system is ridiculously strong, isn't it, at the yeah, age group yeah. level? Did you always feel a little bit like, wow, <laughs> they really are quite the competitor, shall 100%. we say? And I think probably more highlighted that more at our age because we literally never... I think I remember beating them probably once, and that was from when I was 12 to 17. Um, they had probably six, seven guys in their team that are now or have played professional cricket. Um, and we weren't that strong uh, compared at that age, so it just made it made it even harder. Um, like Hass used to, felt like he used to get hundred every week against us. Harry did it the same, so it was tough. And then 
when we got all done playing them in the under-17s and the second team, it's just some of the teams they put out were just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, to be honest. Like, Obviously, they have a massive geographical reach, don't they? Because they've yeah. pretty much got the entirety of the northwest. So you've got Lancashire, you've got Merseyside, and you've got Cumbria as well. But yeah. it's just the consistency, isn't it, of players yeah. that, that Lancashire seem to produce. It's it's up there, isn't it, in terms of one of the best systems yeah, in the entire country? Yeah, definitely, definitely. 100%. And again, talking off some of those names, you mentioned the likes of Jack Burnham from Durham, for example, Tom Moores from Nottinghamshire. Those yeah. are two guys that you played with with the England under-19s. And that yeah, brings yeah. me beautifully onto the next stage of your cricketing's journey yeah, in yeah. the in the county circuit. And of course, well, at that point, the, the international circuit on a youth level. How would you describe your experiences with the England under-19s, Jared? Because you played some some youth ODIs against Australia, played a couple of youth tests as well. Yeah. And then I suppose the big one, playing in the Under-19 Cricket World Cup, what was that like in 2016? Yeah, I think looking back, when I was in it as well, right from the Under-16s to the 19s, I was in it for lucky enough to be in it for four full winters and summers. It was just unbelievable. I think we got so close as a squad. Like The lads who we started with, um, at Loughborough, we used to go on ten day camps to Loughborough and stuff. So like you're living together for ten days, and you're going away. We went to Sri Lanka in apartments. You're living together for three weeks, and like some of the bonds from ten years ago now. Like when I see those lads when we play against them now, we still still have a chat like we we were that close ten years ago. So that's I think that's the nicest part of it. Um, and obviously onto the World Cup, I think. And the 19s, that was a big eye opener for me because I did struggle. Like my performances and my stats at 19s level aren't great at all, but I think it it sort of showed me what level I had to be at to just be as good as lads my own age. I guess the best in in the world playing against like playing against Rishabh Pant, for example, in India or in Sri Lanka against India. So um, that was a great experience again to show where I was at. The World Cup didn't go as planned, really, for me or or as a team. We lost in the quarters, and I, I didn't play until after we got knocked out in sort of the the plate games at the end. But just being in and around it, all sort of the the noise around the World Cup, obviously on telly and stuff, was a great experience. Um, yeah, and one I really really enjoyed. Good. I'm really glad to hear that because that is the important thing, isn't it? about youth ODIs and youth tests and, of course, the Under-19 Cricket World Cup. It's all about, first and foremost, learning. So experiencing different game day situations, pitting yourself against the best of the best in that age group. But it is also about the enjoyment, isn't it? It it, it is a major tournament, isn't it, the Under-19 Cricket World Cup? But it's it's not like a World Cup final, is it? Or a T20 World Cup. It's, It's there to be enjoyed as well, but... But we saw a lot of discussion after last year's Under-19 Cricket World Cup about those learning experiences, Jared. And yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you this because obviously you've experienced this and I haven't. But what do you say was the biggest thing that you took away from a cricketing perspective from your time in the Under-19 setup? What was the biggest lesson that you learned from that time in your career? I think it's a tough question. Um I think probably the big thing was playing on different surfaces and different conditions, different cultures, because before I was in the England setup, I'd never played cricket outside of England. 
So we played a, we played against like Sri Lanka a lot, India, Bangladesh. So we played some content teams a lot and probably just that experience of bowling against different players, seeing how they went about it on different surfaces in different conditions. Um, so different to what I'd been used to, um, just bowling on green tops in Yorkshire. Um, I think I learned a great deal from that and I think it stood me in good stead um, coming back to England in the professional game where you do get different surfaces. So I think that was the biggest thing, never being abroad before that. That is very interesting, actually. I thought you would have been abroad, actually, with the Yorkshire system, but was that not the case then? No, I think we never went abroad until it was... There was an academy tour, but that was while I was with the England 19s, so I was away somewhere. But And that wasn't... Obviously, I I think I was 18 then, so before that, yeah, it wasn't really a thing. Um, And my school I went to... We did do cricket, really, so that wasn't an option. Yeah, that, that was the same with mine, to be honest. In particular, secondary school. We never seemed to play any cricket, and yeah. again, that is another debate for another podcast, isn't it? Yeah, when it comes to yeah. to state schools and playing cricket, because cricket should be played. It is as simple yeah. as that. You know, you yeah. look at some of the players who have come up through those state schools. We've got such a slew of talent, and yet there's so much hidden talent, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. As a result of, of kids not playing in schools. But again, that's probably a little bit too profound of a discussion yeah. to have for this podcast, Jared. We need to dedicate an entire episode to that, to be honest. But just bringing it back then to your county cricket journey. So yeah. we've spoken there about the Yorkshire A Troop setup. We've spoken about your time at Bunbury. We've spoken about your time with the England under-19s. Let's now take a look at your debut for Yorkshire County Cricket Club because for any cricketer, this is the ultimate, isn't it? But in particular, when it's your home county, it just means even more to yeah. walk out onto that field and represent the club which you've supported since you're a child. So what can you remember from that debut? And equally as important, Jared, just how special was it for you walking out onto that field and representing the White Rose of Yorkshire County Cricket Club for the very first time? Yeah, it was a 50-over game against Durham. Um, we were out of the comp, so I think we, a few of us knew we were going to be playing before sort of the day. So you had a little bit of time to think about it. But I think because I made my debut quite late, I think I felt like it was never going to come. Um, and I thought long and hard a lot of times about, am I ever going to play county cricket? Am I ever going to get the chance to show what I can do? So I think it, it sort of meant it even more to me that I had to wait so long. Um, obviously, a special feeling um, being out there and just one that just tried to enjoy as much as I could. Um, obviously, didn't play as much as I'd like for Yorkshire, but that's the way it goes. Just but loved the two games I played, loved every second of them. As I can imagine, because it is tremendously special, isn't it? To play for Yorkshire in particular, especially when you're from the county itself, it is the ultimate, isn't it? It's the pinnacle. It's what pretty much every single person born in the county boundaries wants to do. You want yeah. to represent the White Rose. You want to go up there at Headingley or go up there at York or Scarborough and represent that club because of the history and prestige associated with it. And you mentioned there, actually, almost the uncertainty of playing county cricket in the first place, Jared. Where did that come from then? Was it just a case of lack of opportunities? Was it a case of almost feeling not good enough? to play for Yorkshire, where did those feelings of uncertainty about your county cricket journey first originate from, in your opinion? 
I think it was a, a mixture of a lot of things. I think initially, obviously Yorkshire in that era, been obviously winning the back-to-back champos, which didn't help. The, the, the bowling attack we had was ridiculous. Um, injury, I, I had a stress fracture, like, I guess, like motion fast bowlers. Um, just learning my trade, I guess, in second-team cricket. At times, probably not quite been ready. Um or perceived to have not been ready by coaches. Um, so I think it was just a mixture of of all three, three or four things. I always believed I was good enough, and if given the chance. But I guess you never quite know until you get that opportunity. And that, I think that was my biggest worry, that I'd never get a chance to show what I could do. Um, so, but yeah, I think I was 22. So yeah, I waited long and hard for that. Well, that's completely understandable, isn't it? The uncertainty surrounding your future in first-class cricket and counter-cricket in general, because at that age, at a club like Yorkshire, who, as you mentioned, were producing so many same bowlers at the time, and it seemed like a bunch were going out on loan at the time yourself. You went to Sussex, didn't you, in the 2019 season? Yeah. I can definitely see where that came from. I mean, a, a tremendously, tremendously difficult thing to kind of come to terms with. But then again such is the nature of county crickets, you kind of just have to deal with it, don't you? It yeah. is one of those inconvenient truths, but yeah, it can be absolutely brutal at times, as we saw in 2020, when a bunch of players lost their contracts yeah. in that shortened COVID season. So as rewarding as county cricket is, I think it is also important for us as, as fans and as shareholders of the game itself to understand that and appreciate it for the players isn't it? The fact is, it's very, very difficult, in particular when you've got those feelings of almost, you know, feelings that you're not you're not ready or not good enough in county cricket. It's difficult to come to terms with, isn't it? I think, yeah, it's tough. And I always remember, like, you go play club cricket and everyone's asking, oh, when are you going to get a chance? When are you going to play? And it's like, almost n- never get, you can never escape it, I guess. And you can never get away from those thoughts and feelings. But yeah, it's, it's a tough one we love, but it's a tough sport at times, um, as we've said before. And it's certainly one that's not easy. Um, it's very competitive and can be brutal at times. It definitely can be. And in particular, in those tougher moments, Jared, I know, again, this is a very profound question and it is a difficult one to, to answer. But did you have a backup at that time? Because this has been a common theme on the podcast, in yeah. particular with players whose careers maybe did end early. For a number of factors, injuries are a very common one for example, but also competition for places. in those During those times at Yorkshire, in particular, did you have a backup plan just in case crickets maybe didn't go the way that you planned? I think, looking back, being honest, not really. I went to, I went to, I uh, got A-levels, but after that, I didn't do anything educational. Um, and I think I was quite lucky. I, I seemed to, I managed to get a couple of two-year deals Um at times, which obviously gives you a little bit of security. And even though I wasn't playing in the first team, I was always doing pretty well in the second team or in the academy before that. And I always felt like I was on the right track without playing that first team. So looking back now, I definitely, definitely didn't have a backup at that point. Um, And it's something I never really thought of either. I never thought I'd not have a club, I guess, the naivety of when you're young. Whereas now I'm a bit older, I've got a family and stuff. It's the, Your thought process is completely different, I can tell you. 
Oh, obviously. And again, that is definitely understandable. But as you mentioned, at that age, you don't think about it, do you? Yeah. You because... just play and enjoying it and whatever happens, happens. I, didn't, I, w- I wasn't bothered about necessarily long contracts or money or anything. It's just you playing because you want to play and you want to play with your mates and for Yorkshire. I think it's as simple as that. And that's where the frustration comes from when you're not able to do that and you and you see your mates getting those opportunities and for whatever reason you, you are not able to. Well, just picking up on that in particular, Jared, because that's very interesting actually to hear. What motivated you then during your time at Yorkshire to continue not just playing for the club, but also yeah. playing the sport in general? Because you mentioned those tougher moments and cricket being brutal, the fact that you felt like you couldn't get that opportunity at your yeah. boyhood club. What sparked the fire inside then? to keep on playing the game of cricket. What was it about this sport which made you come back time and time and time again and continue the pursuit of this dream? I think just because I love the game. Like, I'm a, I am a badger and I just love cricket and I love that feeling of being out in the middle when you bowl and you're taking wickets. I just think there's no feeling like it. Um, so I think that was just that relentlessness of I just want to keep playing because... If it's not here, it's somewhere else. Or if it's not in county cricket, I'd be doing it on a Saturday anyway. So I might as well go all in. Um, because, yeah, that's, that feeling, I think it's there's no other feeling like it when you're taking wickets and, and you're in a good space. Absolutely, Jared. And thankfully, you have continued in cricket. And we'll yeah. discuss your time at Gloucestershire in due course as well. Because, yeah, some of those boys have given you some glowing reviews and endorsements. <laughs> on this podcast they're not usually that nice to my face so i'll take that when i can (laughs) well you do need to take it on this podcast trust me some of the old teammate segments have been absolutely brutal on this podcast i've I've heard a few i've heard a few yeah yeah for for some reason teammate teammates just brings out the the inner monster in people like people catch so much heat for like their yeah. dress sense and you know the, yeah. the way they go about their cricket is hilarious but I love it I, I really yeah. do and the Gloucestershire boys I do have to give them a shout out to each and every single one of them who's come onto this podcast they've been great value and it yeah. is a lovely club they as we shall discuss yeah. They, good they really are Jared they really are and before we get into our discussion then about the glorious Gloucesters just one other club that you did actually yeah. play for which I alluded to in the summer of 2019 Sussex the Martlets, yeah. you went on a one-month loan to the Southern County in that season. So in terms of that month, learning at that first-class ground in, in Hove, the first central county ground to be specific, what do you say was your biggest takeaway and, and learning from your time on the South Coast? Well, I think it was obviously my first-class debut. Uh, never played, I'd never played first-class cricket at Yorkshire. It was just a 50-over game. Um, so in terms of actually been exposed to that level from second team cricket up to that first taste of four day cricket at that level um and just obviously been away from home and first time we first time i'd played another county at all um and a very experienced squad actually at that time uh very different to what it is now so just all those things and obviously feeling the mixture of emotions thinking am i good enough am i going to be good enough and almost that thought of I'm coming in on loan. I need to. You almost feel like you've got to prove yourself as well. So that added a little bit of pressure. Um, but absolutely loved my time there. Short-lived because I got injured in that game. Went back for another game later on in the season, but then I had to go back to Yorkshire again. So 
was real frustrating because the, the the game the first game I played there was about a run of six or seven champos, so I feel like if if I'd got injured maybe I'd have played the majority of them and learned even more and improved even more, but that wasn't to be. But in, I I did love my experience there and, and met some great lads as well. Good. Uh, again, that's excellent here. And Sussex, another club I've got a lot of time for. So, yeah, again, shout out to the Sussex boys as well. They've been fantastic value on the podcast as well, as has pretty much everyone who's come on. So, yeah, we're quite lucky in the county circuit, to be honest. But in terms of that first class debut in particular, Jared, I did just want to talk about that because it is yeah. an obvious step up, isn't it? From the yeah, likes yeah. of second 11 cricket and under 19 cricket. But you had an excellent debut. You really did. And in terms of that day itself, in terms of the occasion, what was that like? I know it wasn't for Yorkshire, but yeah. stepping out onto that field and playing first-class cricket for the very first time in your career, what can you remember about that game against Glamorgan? Yeah, no, real, genuinely really special. I think that that first day where I got the three wickets in the second spell was the best feeling. I reckon I've one of the best I've ever had on a cricket field. And it didn't matter that it wasn't for Yorkshire. Um, like my, I remember my first spell being awful up the hill, bit of, bit of nerves, um, getting the short straw up the hill um, and five overs for about 25, I think. And then I remember just being at lunch. I was I was nowhere, to be fair. I was good because I'd not done myself justice thinking, oh, am I going to get another go? And then thankfully Brownie, just said here down the hill after lunch and managed to get three quick wickets. Um, and then it looks completely different all of a sudden. Um, but now that first wicket, just the feeling of emotion, just thinking, right, yeah, I'm here. I can compete um, and do well was, yeah, I'll never forget that feeling for sure. No better feeling is there, to be yeah. honest, in the game of cricket. That, that maiden wicket really is tremendously special. And Jared, I imagine that, you know, all three of the wickets that you claimed in that game. But just for those who don't know, who were the three Glamorgan players that you dismissed? Yeah, uh, Tom Cullen, first wicket, nicked off. Um, then now my mate, Marshall DeLanger, cleaned him up. And then uh, Van der Guten, um, yeah, nicked off again. So three at the end, but yeah, they all count the same. So yeah, it was nice. Exactly. They do all count the same. And I tell you what, we see this a lot in modern cricket. The tail often wags. So you've got to get those wickets. You really do. So (laughs) Weird because I didn't know much about um, Shanna's batting back then. So Whereas now I've bowled against him before and he hits it hard and he hits it far. So I think that was probably a better wicket than I thought at the time. Definitely. He's got long levers, hasn't he? Marshall DeLange. Yeah, he's a strong (laughs) boy. He's a strong old boy. He most certainly is. That's why Gloucestershire have, have signed him. And yeah. I suppose, Jared, that is a good place, actually, to, to move on to our discussion about your next county in county cricket, which is, of course, Gloucestershire County Cricket Club, your current yeah. club. You've played with them for a couple of seasons now. So first and foremost, how did the opportunity down in Bristol actually present itself? How did the move to Gloucestershire materialise, per se? Yeah, well, it was it was in the COVID year. Um and I had the option to stay at Yorkshire, but I was always sort of hoping for something else because I think even in that year, I played one first class game, but I never, there was a couple of injuries and I never, I just got, you know, when you, you just get the feeling that you're not, 
you're not the main part of the team or whatever. I was always a backup still. And my Richard Dawson just rang me up. I knew him from England 19s. He was the second team coach when I first started playing at Yorkshire in the second team. So I knew him quite well. And he said, would be keen. Would you be interested? And it, it all happened in a couple of days, to be fair. And I think I always used to say, oh, I, I might have to move. But I guess until you get that opportunity, you never know whether you're actually going to do it or not because all I'd ever known was Yorkshire. But, yeah, I think after a couple of hours, I knew it was the right thing to do. It was just sort of telling you your heart that, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it all happened quick in that COVID, end of the COVID year. And, um, yeah, don't regret it one bit because it's a great club and I'm loving my time there. Good. And that is exactly how it should be, Jared. And it is a wonderful club. As I've mentioned beforehand, got an awful lot of time for Gloucestershire County Cricket Club because they just seem to do cricket well, don't they? There's a real yeah. community sense with both the fans and the players and Bristol is a fantastic ground. I mean, it's undergone plenty of redevelopment in yeah. the past decade. It's, it's certainly not what it used to be in terms yeah. of the, the emptiness that used to surround Neville Road, but goodness me, it's a fantastic ground to watch cricket at both domestic and international level. So if you can get down to Bristol, get yourself down. Cannot yeah. recommend it highly enough. Excellent place to yeah, watch yeah. a game of cricket, no matter the standard. But you mentioned there about the almost hesitation, I suppose, when it came to leaving Yorkshire. At the time, Jared, did you have any doubts about leaving your boyhood club? Because as you rightfully mentioned, Yorkshire had been your life up until that point. Since the age of 12, all you'd known was the Yorkshire A-troop systems, yeah. the Yorkshire first team. Yorkshire County Cricket Club had been your critting life up until that point. So... Was there any hesitation about making that decision, or was it a case of I want to play more crickets, I know I can get more opportunities in the southwest, and almost thinking this is the right direction for me to travel in for the good yeah. of my career? Definitely doubts. I think it was my head. I knew straight away it was the right thing to do, um, but obviously my my best mates in life, uh, some of them were at Yorkshire, so in cricket as well. So there's always that side of it especially the type of guy I am. I, I do like that side of the game and, and um, having a bit of banner and stuff. So that was my biggest way. I'm like, am I going to enjoy it as much off the pitch? Um, but as I say, in my head straight away, I knew right thing to do. So it didn't take me long to dispel those doubts um, and and say yes to the chance. Um, but I know it's, a lot of lads have have had similar opportunities, especially at Yorkshire, and probably turn them down. But I think that was what drilled into you when you're at Yorkshire. You, you should play for Yorkshire. You should be desperate to play for Yorkshire. And I was. I just wasn't getting the opportunity, so I had to move on. Um, as simple as that, really. Well, sometimes you have to do that, don't you? Even yeah. though it is the difficult decision, you've got to think of yourself from time to time and obviously if there's more opportunity elsewhere you have to chase it for the good of your career there's no point sitting down upon retiring from the game of cricket and thinking what if is there that's one of the worst yeah. things you can do exactly. so you've got to do it you've got to take the leap if the opportunity does present itself and in terms of your first kind of impressions of Gloucestershire County Cricket Club Jared what were your first kind of, of impressions and thoughts about the club, about the facilities, yeah. about the ground? What did you make of Gloucestershire County Cricket Club? I'd played there, 
I've been there twice before with the second team, so I sort of knew what to expect in terms of the ground and the facilities. Um, obviously, a great ground, good atmosphere. Um, and just, I think my, my initial impressions were how tight a group it was. Lads, very close, do everything together. And obviously, knowing Josh Shaw, who, who's close mate of mine and already there, and Rich Dawson, so I got a lot of information from them as well. So felt like I had a decent understanding going down um, as to what to expect. But the group's so close and um, I think that's that's a large thing of what it makes it so special. Um, everything, Everyone's pulling the same, same direction and everyone's genuinely good mates with each other, which it just makes it even more enjoyable um, when we're out there as well. Well, it certainly does, and it makes life a lot easier, doesn't it? Because, yeah. trust me, there'll be a lot of sporting environments and environments in life in general where that isn't the case, and personalities will clash, will have those headbutts, yeah. per se. So it is a lot easier when everyone's pulling in the same direction, let me tell you that. Yeah. And in terms of your time at Gloucestershire to date then, Jared, if we're being retrospective, shall we say, what yeah. do you say has been your, your highlight from your time for the Glorious Gloucesters to date? I think... It's a couple. Um, I think the the couple of wins we had, um, twenty twenty one at the back end where I played in the four day stuff. We played Northampton at home, um, and we almost followed on, managed to avoid the follow on, and then we chased down about three fifty. I think that was a ridiculous win. And then we played same year we played Glamorgan away, um, and. I think it was heading for a draw sort of back end of day three and then Zaff, Zaff dropped an absolute goober off Rutherford and we thought this could be a long old four sessions and then he just went mental and got six for in the next half an hour and we'd won by before lunch the next day and I think just the celebrations after the nights out and stuff, that I think that's why you play the game. I think those two wins um, were were special in terms of the team and then being involved in them. And I think, personally, I think my best moment was the 50-over game at Sussex um, in 2021 where we were bossing the game. I managed to get three wickets, which was obviously nice, and then looked like we'd lost it. And I think it was Lacey. I think it was Lacey got an unbelievable run out at the end and we won by about two runs. I think for that, just the whole game and then my personal performance, I think that's probably been my favourite moment on the pitch. And it's a good moment as well, isn't it? A fantastic win that in what was a very good competition. Yeah, the Royal yeah, London One Day Cup in 2021, ultimately being won by Glamorgan County Cricket Club, their first trophy since 2004. Yeah. So, yeah, that was an excellent competition and a great game of cricket that between yeah. Sussex and Gloucestershire. And you mentioned Zafar Gohar, actually. I yeah. don't think I've mentioned him enough on the podcast. Obviously, in the review shows, I've spoken a lot about him. But yeah. in terms of with the players, what's he been like as an addition? Because you mentioned 2021. He was a revelation, wasn't he? And really yeah. impressive in 2022. He's now signed a new deal at Gloucestershire. What's yeah. it been like playing with him? Yeah, it's, it's been great. He's a, Firstly, he's a great lad. Everyone loves him. He's bought into the, to the group so well. Um, and... I think, yeah, I think he played the back end of 2021, those four games at the end did quite well. And then last year, 
unbelievable. Um, with bat and ball, just balanced the team so well. Got a hat full of wickets, scored some important runs. Um, and I think to have him for two more years is is a great signing. And he'll be a massive part of us going forward. Um, but yeah, I think the lads love him, which is also a massive bonus. Just fits in so well with, with what we're about as well. Good. Uh, again, I'm really, really happy to hear that. I'm delighted, in fact, because I like Zafar Gohar. I love watching yeah. him play. Obviously, against Warwickshire, when he's taking wickets and scoring yeah. runs, maybe not so much. But yeah. other than that, absolutely fantastic to watch. And yeah. he has been an excellent addition into that uh, that Gloucestershire setup. So, yeah, that's very, very good to hear, Jared, I must say. I must get him on the podcast one day. Zafar, if you're listening, yeah, get yourself on TCCP. Be good value. He's a badger as well, let me tell you. He loves the game. Um, so he'd, he'd be quite happy to come on I think talking about cricket Excellent, well in that case Zafar I will be in contact with either yourself or your representatives I like the, the sound of chatting with a fellow cricket badger, <laughs> that yeah. always makes things sure. a lot easier here on the podcast because we can go on for hours about the greatest game on the planet but Jared, in terms of those proudest moments then, we've discussed those so the individual performance against Sussex and those team victories in 2021 which I must say in the first last game was an excellent year, wasn't it, for Gloucestershire? Yeah, I think yeah. they've won more games than anybody else in county cricket. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Eight, yeah, eight games. Yeah, more than Warwickshire's seven, even though we did lift the title. But yeah, mental. Yeah, great season though, 2021 yeah. for, for many, many reasons. But following on from that success in 2021, so winning those eight games, topping Division Two, winning the division, in fact, yeah. and producing performances across formats. We have to talk a little bit about 2022 because it was yeah. a tough year for the club, wasn't it, in terms of on-field yeah. performances and in particular in the county championship, relegation. So if you could just take us through a little bit about that season, in particular the county championship, how difficult of a season was it for Gloucestershire in 2022? Yeah, it was, it was real tough at times. I think obviously a new new structure in the management, head coach and director of cricket, obviously new ideas, a few new signings as well. Quite a big change, but one that we were all buzzing about. We were all delighted with what could we achieve this season. Um, because of the year before, we, we beat some top teams the year before. Um, uh, and I think, I don't know, it's hard to put his finger on what went wrong early on. I think we just got on. We lost a couple early. We drew the first game, but then went on a bad run. And I guess it's tough to sort of pick yourself up from that when you're playing against tough opposition week in week out. There's no gimmies in Division One, and that's why it's such such a hard hard division. Um, obviously, real disappointing. But as I say, we finished strong. Um, some great performances from Zaf from T Price etc which hopefully we can recreate this year but great learning curve from us because i think after that first block of champos it was a it was a tough environment and a tough place to be but i think hopefully we've learned a lot as a squad and and we can take that into this year because we've got a really good side i believe so hopefully we've said it for the last couple of years as a team but we are really determined to to win a trophy for sure and that should be the goal, shouldn't it? Let's face it, with that squad, the eclectic mix of experience and young talent, you mentioned Tom Price, just the 8 for 27 against yeah. my county of Warwickshire in Bristol. So he is looking like a stellar prospect. 
yeah. to say the least. And there are some excellent youngsters, aren't there? The likes of Dom Goodman as well, who came up through through Buckinghamshire. He's another yeah. one to watch out for. So the talent's there. It's just about, as you mentioned, building that momentum and, and not getting into that mid-season rut, as was the case in 2022. But Jared, just one final question from the 2022 season, which I just have to mention, right? Yeah. Is the ending. Because those final two games were quite extraordinary, weren't they? Let's yeah. face it, the wins against my county of Warwickshire and Yorkshire at Headingley. What was the mood like in the camp, in particular in those last two rounds? What was it like? Just how satisfying was it to finally get those two victories on the board? Yeah, I think it was very satisfying. I think it was... I was injured, so I didn't play any part, but it was just great to see because of the, the hard work that had gone in throughout the year. And the amount of overs we seem to field in first and second team cricket. So to get the rewards at, at the back end and, and almost finish the season on a positive note, I think was really important. Because it's a long six months if you're, if you're dwelling on, on bad performances. So no, it was great to see, great for the lads. Really pleased, especially for the likes of, of Tom, because as you say, he is a really good prospect. I think he'll go all the way to the top. So... That was just nice for the lads to finish on the high. And as I say, hopefully we can take that momentum in because we've got a very similar squad. Um, obviously, we've lost a couple, but on the whole, we've got a very similar squad. So hopefully, um, yeah, we can we can build on that. Well, fingers crossed that Gloucestershire can. And then, of course, the addition of a certain Marchant Delanga yeah. will add a little bit of, of spice to the pace attack, yeah. won't it? Hundred percent. He's 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 sharp. We know that we faced him. We all we all know a lot about him, and I think we've not seen too much of him this winter because he's been away at the I think the Dubai League. But before Christmas, when he was in, he was hit off straight away. Get on really well with him, and he's a great person to speak to about not just cricket but life in general. And I think I've already learnt a lot from him. Um, and he's. And there he'll be a great addition on the pitch as well with with the ball, but also with the bat, he'll be handy. Um, and hopefully he'll give us that bit of X factor that obviously every team needs, I guess. So, no, really happy. Happy he's on board for sure. I can imagine the Gloucestershire fans tuning into the podcast as well. Completely in agreement with that, to be honest, Jared, because yeah. he is a good signing, isn't he? Let's face it, yeah. county experience, international experience. He's rapid. He's a demon out in the middle, isn't he, as well, to face. Yeah. So, yeah, I do imagine that Gloucestershire fans will be licking their lips at the prospects of watching him at the Brightside County Grounds in 2023. Yeah. And talking of this upcoming season, Jared, that is a wonderful place to talk about our final question for today's podcast, which does, of course, revolve around the near future. Because, yeah. as we mentioned right at the beginning of today's episode, as of this recording, we are 45 days away from the starts of the county championship. It's going to be fantastic across all formats, to be honest. That includes the 50 over and the T20 Blast. 2023 really does look exhilarating in the county yeah. circuit. We've got basketball as well, maybe some influence <laughs> from that yeah. might come into it too. So in, in terms of this season, Jared, from both an individual and a team perspective, what are you aiming to achieve in the summer of 2023? I think for me, just trying to get back to my best because last year was, yeah, it was a tough year for me, mentally on the pitch, um, and performances weren't anywhere near what I wanted to do and, and produce. So I think 
I've had a good winter. I feel like I've had a good winter. So it's just trying to, for me, get back to my best and and have a positive year and, and try getting to that first team regularly because it's something I've never been able to do at any county. So I think at my age now I've learned a lot and, and hopefully I can I can get into that team and contribute to Gloucestershire winning because there's no better feeling. Um, so, yeah, just, just try and enjoy it again produce some good performances and, and win games um, because yeah that's what we're all trying to do I guess Well Jared's it goes without saying mate but obviously wishing yourself and the Gloucestershire boys nothing but the very best of luck heading into the summer of 2023 it promises to be an incredible season of county cricket and fingers crossed for yourself mates a prosperous one as well yeah, hopefully you don't get injured fingers crossed you can get some yeah. big performance in as well i'd love to see a fifer that'd be fantastic yeah. wouldn't that it would be nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> it certainly sure. would be no matter the <laughs> format love to see it but obviously mate just wishing yourself and the boys the best of luck and thank you yeah can't wait for the season it is going to be an absolute blockbuster if you haven't already got tickets for the championship the one day cup or the t20 blast Get them now. What are you waiting for, folks? It's going to be a bumper season of county cricket, and I, for one, cannot wait for the start of this season. It's been a long winter, but the summer promises to be absolutely pulsating. But, Jared Warner, that is a wonderful place to wrap up what's been an excellent recording of the County Cricket Podcast. The Gloucestershire boys said you'd be good value. They weren't wrong. It's definitely been worth the wait, and obviously, you're always welcome back here on TCCP in the future. But... Before we say our final goodbyes for the episode, mate, do you have anything to plug or promote? Any social media channels, websites, businesses, anything like that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I do, actually. Um, only the fact that I do a lot of coaching. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you're in the area and you need a coach, <laughs> let me know. bit boring, but yeah, I don't think I have much, much to offer on that regard. Very humble, Jared, I must say. Very humble indeed. Usually we get the social media channels plugged all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah, I respect that, to be honest. But, of course, if you are in the Gloucestershire and, in particular, Bristol area and you do want some quality coaching, get in contact with Jared. We will, of course, leave the links to your social media channels in the podcast description below. So, listeners, if you want to go and check out Jared on Instagram or Twitter, you can, of course, find those in the podcast description but that is it from us two here at the County Cricket Podcast for today's episode. So each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.